helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Many of us, if asked the question, do you want to be successful, will answer, of course, I do. However, did you know that many of us carry subconscious fears of success that cause us to sabotage the success that we say that we want? In today's show, Michael will be using the biblical story of the paralyzed man by the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5 to launch his talk about the fear of success, part 1. If you are new to this show, we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546. Let's go right into today's show. When we think of types of fear, we typically think of such things as the fear of height, the fear of public speaking, or the fear of spiders. To many, the concept of the fear of success is a foreign concept. We can readily think of the fear of failure, but the fear of success seems like an oxymoron. However, the fear of success is quite common and keeps many of us living way below our potential. In today's show, I'm going to do three things. Firstly, I'm going to demonstrate using scripture and psychological literature that the fear of success is real. Secondly, I'm going to highlight the causes of the fear of success. And thirdly, I will discuss the symptoms of the fear of success. In addressing this topic of the fear of success, I would like to begin by reading the story of the man by the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. And I will be using this story as a backdrop to a lot of what I am going to be covering in this episode. And I'm reading from verse 1 of chapter 5, which reads as follows. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. 
At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. So we have a very fascinating story here before us. And you might be wondering, how is it that I'm using this story to talk about the fear of success? I wonder to do so by pointing to a part of the story that many of us overlook in reading it. You know, we can see the miracle. We can, we, When we think of the story, we think of the miracle of Jesus telling this man to take up his bed and walk, and we can vividly see that miracle. Or we can think about the description that is given in this passage of this pool where there are people in all kind of disabled state lying by the pool, waiting for a time for their time to be healed by going into this water but an important part of this story that we miss is the question that Jesus asked this man and I think it is a very important question but it might seem to many to be a redundant question and it is the question in chapter in verse 6 of chapter 5 where Jesus asked this man do you want to get well what a question to ask someone who is ill what a question to ask someone who is disabled and he's at this healing center where people from all over is gathered and waiting to be healed it seemed indeed to be a strange question. But let me say that just because someone look as if they want to be healed, position as if they want to be healed, doesn't mean that they want to be healed. And just because someone say they want to be successful, dress like they're successful, and even drive a car that, that symbolize that they're successful, doesn't mean that they want to be successful. And so Jesus looked into this man's soul. He looked into this man's psychological state and saw that there was something there that was a barrier to his healing. And I am equating his healing in this story to the success that eludes many of us. Just like that man, many of us have this place that we want to get to, and we're right at the border of getting there, but we can't seem to make that next step into the realm of success. Like this man, we're by the pool, we are at the edge of the pool, our feet are dangling in the water, but we can't seem to get in. There is something that is, that is holding us back. And I think when Jesus looked into the soul of this man, into the psychological state of this man, he saw that there was something that was holding him back. And he asked an important question. Do you want to get well? And I think many of us know, if you have listened to my other shows, that I have often said that when God or Jesus or angels ask a question in Scripture, it's not because they don't know the answer. It is because they want the hearer to find out something about themselves. And so Jesus is wanting this man to discover something about himself. And he said, do you want to get well? 
And let me go back to, to the import of this question and the importance of it. Now, why would this man not want to get well, we may ask? What could possibly be the reason for him not to want to get well? Well, have you ever considered that this man has been in this condition for 37 years? It is the life that he knew. It is what he did day in, day out to be carried around by, by people, the people who carried him to the pool. What kind of occupation, if he were to get well, what kind of occupation would he pursue having been in this state 37 years? Who would give him money when he is able-bodied? So Jesus put this man as this, at this intersection where he had to make a choice of, do you want to get well or do you want to stay in your current state? And I think the way that he answered Jesus showed us the state of his heart. Notice the question, do you want to get well? You would think that if someone was really wanting to, to get well, they would say, yes, of course I want to get well. But what this man did he didn't answer the question. What he did was to paint a picture of all the obstacles in his pathway to getting well. And that wasn't the question. Jesus didn't ask him, what are the obstacles that are preventing you from getting well? The question was, do you want to get well? And so, just like that man, many of us have endurances that are preventing us. And we're going to talk about those endurances as we go through the show. But let me say, this fear of success is well documented in psychological literature. For example, back in 1916, Freud, Sigmund Freud, did a paper that he called Those Wrecked by Success. Those Wrecked by Success. And in this paper, he noted this, this phenomenon where people would occasionally fall ill right when they were at the brink of success. And he goes on to say that in that paper that it's wanting to fantasize about what you want, but when you are at this juncture that it is becoming a reality, that is when your real desires will come out. Jesus put this man at this point where what he needed was about to be realized. He had someone, Jesus, showing interest in him that could put him in the water that he needed to get into to be healed. And instead of saying, can you put me in the water? He started talking about all the reasons why he could not be healed. And so this is a reality. This is something that is well documented, the fear of success. But let me go on to talk about the causes of the fear of success. One possible reason, one of the several reasons that I will talk about under this heading is childhood curse, childhood words, negative words that were spoken over us in our childhood. Words are powerful. Words spoken over our children has power. In Genesis 27 verse 29, we see a Jacob speaking words of 
We saw Isaac rather speaking words of blessing over Jacob and he spoke words to the effect that may nations serve you and may those who bless you be blessed and those who curse you be cursed. So he's speaking these words over Jacob and there is a spiritual power, this, this, this spiritual, this spiritual effectiveness that these words had on Jacob's life, that Jacob was indeed blessed. Let me say that the opposite is also true. When you in anger said to a child, you are stupid, you will never amount to anything, or you belittle them in some way, or or just make even statements to the effect that they are stupid, you are affecting the future of that child. So many of us fear success because words were spoken over us in our childhood that puts a kind of curse over us, where we welcome mediocrity, we welcome complacency, we welcome failure, but success is this thing that is foreign, and we are afraid of that which is foreign. So childhood curses is one thing. But the psychological literature also in group psychology and psychotherapy, there is this principle that that they call the the lust for submission. And it is this desire that many of us have to submit to people above us. And so because of this lust for submission, we are afraid of getting to the top. We need to be underneath others in order to feel secure and feel safe. We need to have some leader above us that we look up to and we admire. And so we can never see ourselves in that leadership position. So this lust for submission is one psychological principle that 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 Eric Fromm, psychologist, uh, coined to describe people who they have to be under someone's authority. Another thing that the literature talks about that leads us to become, to be fearful of success, is that many of us who had disappointments as children, where we were promised something, but it never materialized, where we where where disappointment became our friend and where we are are used to having our heart broken if we if we anticipated something good happening those disappointments can make us fearful of dreaming of success make us fearful of even even making plans of even setting goals for success because there is this deep fear. What if I set these goals and they don't materialize? What if things do not turn out the way that I envision them to be? And as a result of that, we stop dreaming. As a result of that, we limit ourselves far beyond our capabilities, far be, far, far below our capabilities, I should say, and far below the gifts and the talents that God has given to us. So this fear of disappointment is something that keeps us trapped. Michael will be right back. 
You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, The Fear of Success. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com, where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Back to Michael. Another reason behind the the fear of success, another cause, is the fear of change. In the story of the man by the pool of Bethesda that we read in the opening, it is quite possible that this man was fearful of change. As I said before, what is he going to do? Who is going to be his friends? Certainly those friends that he were dependent on to carry him around would no longer have the the, the job of playing that role in his life anymore. And he may lose those friends. Certainly he's going to lose his occupation as a beggar, someone who is asking for arms for contributions from people as as they walked by him. No one is going to be giving to him anymore. So success brings with it change. And many people subconsciously are afraid of those changes. Another reason for the fear of success is that many of us carry these feelings of inadequacy. And these feelings of inadequacy makes us fearful of dreaming to do anything outside of our comfort zone. And researchers and authors, uh, Pauline Chance and Susan Imes, I-M-E-S, Susan Imes, uh, wrote this book in which they talk about women who had the imposter syndrome. And they looked at what are some of the reasons in these women's childhood that led to them having the imposter syndrome. And what they found was very interesting. What they found is that many of these women had came from household in which they had siblings that were praised as being more intelligent than they were and siblings who could do no wrong. So even though these women in the research that Pauline Chance and Susan Imes did, these women were competent women who were well-educated and qualified as professionals, these women still felt like imposters. And many of these women who, who feel as if they are imposters, they will stay at a certain level of success, but they will not move beyond to greater and bigger things because in their heart, they feel inadequate. They feel like imposter, even though they have the qualifications that are necessary. Let me just say here that there are many of us who have what it takes to be successful. We have what it takes to be leaders. And we have attended all of those leadership seminars and we have gone to 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 many, many conferences on leadership. As a matter of fact, we may even teach some of those conferences. But like that man by the pool of Bethesda, we are just at the edge. 
we're just at the edge where we need to make one more move to get into the pool. But we are stuck by the edge of the pool and success is just a step away. But we will do nothing to get in because there is a psychological block. And the third point it has to do with what are some of the symptoms? How do you know if you have a fear of success? Because people, if you ask them, are you afraid of success? They will say no. Like that question to that man, if you ask him, do you need to get well? He might in his heart feel that he, he want to get well, but there might be a block. And this man had a, had a block that Jesus uncovered and healed him almost against his will. So in the third point, the symptoms. One of the symptoms of of the fear of success is self-sabotaging behavior. Many people, just at the point when they're about to achieve great things, start to behave in ways that are irrational, ways that are not conducive to success ways in which they they're they're the ways in which they're acting sabotage the very thing that they say that they want so for example students who are doing that final exam that will get them the degree that they have worked for 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 years for four years the night before that big final exam they will go out drinking and partying and as a result of that they fail the final exam or they have a hangover and they can't go to do the test that's a form of self-sabotage and at the root of it this this is usually a symptom this is in the indicative that there is there is a fear of success one of the best known case of the of someone who who researchers say had the fear of success is Gary Hart and they have now called the fear of success the Gary Hart disease in case you're wondering he's no relative of mine uh, Gary Hart was a front runner in the 1988 democratic presidential election in the States. And he did something that baffled researchers for many years. They couldn't understand why he would do such a thing if he was aspiring to the office of, of being president. So what, what Gary Hart did is that he was on his way to winning this, this presidential, uh, to be this presidential candidate. And what he did was that he told reporters that they could follow him around. So in other words, he, he, he invited reporters to follow him wherever we go and to, to, to just, you know, like, it's like reality TV. He was, he was ahead of his time, you may say. So he developed this reality TV mentality where I want reporters to follow me wherever I am going. And as a result of these reporters follow, following him around, they discovered that he was having an affair. And that affair that he was ha having destroyed his chance of becoming the presidential candidate. Now, why did he do that? Researchers are saying that at the heart of it, he had this self-sabotage and this fear of success that caused him to self-sabotage. So self-sabotage is one symptom of the fear of success. A second symptom is procrastination. People who are at this brink of success where they have 
their feet at the edge of the pool, almost about to get in like that man by the pool of Bethesda, but they are not moving. They are not going any further. They keep putting off and making excuses as to why they can't go in to the pool. Uh, they are they are procrastinating because there is a fear of of success. The Chronicle of Higher Education reported that more than half of the people who pursue PhD degrees, more than half, end up getting the 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 grade A B D. And ABD mean all but dissertation. In other words, these people have done everything that is needed for their PhD except the dissertation. This, the dissertation is this last paper that they need to write, a formal stylized document that they need to write to argue their thesis. So, so think about this. These people have done four to six years of hard work and they've put the hard work in, they've done the research, they've done everything. And just that one last paper to go in, more than half of these PhD candidates get stuck right there where they go no further and they end up being classified as all but the dissertation. Many of us are having our ABD qualifications as, as well. I, I would, would say ABS qualification, all but successful. We have everything. We have the talent. We have, the, we have everything. We have the talk. We have the look, but all but successful. And so if you're like that, it's quite possible that you have the fear of success. Another symptom is rationalizing or spiritualizing complacency. So some people who are not successful and they have everything that it takes, they have opportunities, they have assets, they have resources that could help them on the way to success, they have the education, they will rationalize rationalize their, their state of complacency by saying such thing as, well, you know, Jesus said it is hard, harder for a rich man to go for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go into the kingdom of God. So I don't want to be rich, you know, or they will they will rationalize it like, you know, I, I want to stay in my current position because, you know, I, I just don't have the time to to take on that that promotion. Well, a lot of time the promotion is the same hours and it is even less work, but they're finding a way to rationalize away their fear of success. And then the other reason is that the final reason is when a, a, another symptom, the final symptom of the fear of success is when people become problem focused instead of solution focused. In other words, they are looking at every possible reason why they can't instead of why they can. Like the man by the pool, Jesus is asking them, do you want to be successful? And they're saying, well, you know, I I don't have what it takes or I, I don't have the time to put in. I'm too busy doing other things. But that's not the question. The question was, do you want to be successful? That man by the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5, he listed off all the possible reasons why he could not be successful. So I hope that you have found this show helpful. I want to thank you for listening to today's show and remember to tune in next week where we'll be having part two of the fear of success where we'll be talking, uh, taking a more in-depth in-depth look at the 
how to overcome the fear of success. If you enjoyed this episode or appreciate the work in this ministry that this ministry is doing, please consider making a donation to us. And to, to find out more about how to do, donate, go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com where we have over 200 other podcasts for your listening pleasure. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God will bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.